0: You are Locked On Youth, your daily podcast on the Utah Youths. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. I am back after a couple of days off dealing with some other professional responsibilities, Brian, thanks for filling in. How are you, my friend? Jake, I missed you. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm, it's good to be missed. I, I miss you a lot. I miss <laughs> your Musk, Ron. We're doing this over Zoom. I don't know how you can miss my Musk, but yeah, you know, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, it'll the, t-
0: the, the ode, the de hatch that just floats, <laughs> emanates out of the computer. Okay, it washes over me like a nice, like a nice hot bath. <laughs>
1: This show has gotten weird. We're not even into it yet. But hey, you know what? We got plenty to talk about on this Friday. Hey, edition. man,
0: we're only in our second month. The things <laughs> are just going to get more weird from here. So. That is
1: a good point. By the way, this is the last uh, show of our second month doing the podcast. Obviously, the weekend coming up, it'll be February 1st on Monday. But having a lot of fun. Uh, head on today's show. Brian and I, uh, one of us played offensive line at the high school level, one of us played it at the college level. We'll let you figure out who, and it should become very apparent very quickly. But we're going to talk in our position review previews about the Utah offensive line. And, of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on with the Utes. Men's basketball going to be in action against Colorado. What to expect from the running Utes in that contest. So a lot to get to on a Friday edition of the show. Brian, what do you say? Should we we get going here? There's no time like the present, Jake. There is no time like the present. Let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Utes podcast for January 29th, 2021. Welcome to Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics. My name is Jake Hatch. That is Brian Brown, the brown bear in the chair himself. Brian, uh, first off, what do we want people to do when they listen to this podcast, first and foremost? Subscribe? Yes. Rate? Yes. Review? Yeah, well done. You did it. Good job. How many stars? Five stars. We only want five stars. Five stars stars only. Yes, five stars No more, no less. Absolutely. We love your guys' support. As we mentioned, this is kind of wrapping up our second month officially doing this podcast. It's been a blast to do it. And- Man, if you guys hit that follow and subscribe button, you'll be adding to a burgeoning community of Utah fans who join us each day, and we love talking about the Utes every day. So big thank you for your support in advance, and make sure to smash that follow or subscribe button. That way, you never miss an episode. Thank
0: you everybody who's uh, provided feedback the last few days. Uh, it can be a, a heavy burden lifting this podcast without Jake. He does a lot of the the hard work for me. Uh, most of the times I just get to sit here. You don't even know if I'm wearing pants or not. Like, <laughs> like that's the great part about podcasting. Uh, tonight I actually am wearing pants. In fact, I think I wear pants almost every single night.
1: So. Uh, okay. Um, I but, would been, I would have been able to tell cause your, your webcam yeah. cuts it off of your shoulder. So no,
0: that's right. Like <laughs> I could be going crop top here. Nobody knows it'd be real party. It is Friday after all Jake. And and I'm excited. I think what's got me excited. One, uh-huh. the return of the legend
1: Jake Hatch. Oh wow! And two, we're going to talk about my favorite position. That's a lot to live up to if you're calling me legend. But hey, I'll I'll take it, and we'll we'll try and live up to that.
0: When David Locke shouts you out as a rising star of the Locked On Podcast Network, what else can we do?
1: Jeez. Oh, uh, by the way, um, I, I don't know how many people saw it, but some good news with regards to the network. Uh, they have been acquired. The network has has been has been acquired by a television sta- a conglomerate, but for those that are maybe wondering what it's going to do with the actual day-to-day operations with this, nothing. Plain and it simple. It just means that
0: yeah, it just means that Jake and I get a TV show next.
1: Sweet. Hey, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, <laughs> let's do that. I'm totally on board. <laughs> Us on a TV show in Salt Lake City would be a lot of fun. I can tell everybody that, but that's down the road a bit if it if it does come to fruition, but all right, Brian, of course, it is your favorite position that you want to talk about today. We're going to get into it. The review previews roll on with Utah's offensive line. Now, uh, as kind of a prelude to what we're going to break into and talk about personnel and all that here, Brian, I want to start off with this. My observation of this offensive line throughout the 2020 season, I know it was brief, five games, was that that offensive line at the start of the season and the end of the season were night and day different. And I'm talking the improvement was just astounding.
0: I also think a lot of it was they started out with their most difficult opponent and likely finished with their, I don't want to say easiest, but the opponent that didn't have the most talent up front on the defensive line in Washington state. That's a program that had lost a lot of guys out of the defensive line room. Sure. Uh, it had some issues with COVID and whatnot, but I think regardless what they showed is they showed consistent progress and as you watch the film and watch the tape, one of the parts about the offensive line that I really started to appreciate as the year went on was the way that they relished creating lanes in the run game. And, and that's the part I think that this program has always been built on. It's what it's always going to be built on. It's what's most important to Kyle Whittingham. And it always will be that way as long as he's the head coach. And so I think that showing progress in the run game was extremely critical because that's always going to be your bread and butter.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right because the way Kyle wants his offense is structured. They are going to win games running the ball down your throat, and they want to take away uh, any opportunity for you to stop them running the football. And obviously, it starts with the big boys up front. Uh, let's start off with this. Uh, the The leader of this unit, in my opinion, is Nick Ford. It starts and begin. It starts with him. He has been all over the offensive line during his time as a Ute. He played at left tackle uh, during the twenty twenty season. He filled in for Ola- Orlando Umana at the center spot. He has proven his versatility is his calling card, Brian. Where do we believe, where do you believe that Nick Ford will be lining up come this fall?
0: I think the offensive line really grew and established itself once he moved to the center position. And I think what it did is it opened the door for more development with Jaron Kump and Simi Muala on the field at the same time. So if I were Jim Harding, it would be Nick Ford starting at center. Like you said, he is the alpha of the group. He is one of the leaders of the team. He sets the tone for those guys. I know that the younger guys really look up to and respect Nick and the way that he conducts himself and the things that he asks of them. His knowledge of the game is very, very extensive and very deep. He's graduated already, so this fall he'll have uh, more of a graduate level Class sure. load as yeah. opposed to the uh, the undergrad style where it's m- closer to 15 and sometimes 18 credits, which is a lot of class
1: graduate school life. When you're a college football player, I have uh, I've talked to guys who have graduated in three and four years. They say that final year when you actually have that graduate course load, they're like, man, is it just an absolute weight lifted off your shoulders? So, yeah, it should free up a kid like Nick Ford to really go out there and excel. Uh, I agree with you. I think leaving him at that center spot would be a very smart move. He proved that he's more than capable of that spot. So my question, though, about that is what do they do with Orlando Umana in that situation where he was expected to be the center, had some injury concerns, and now it seems like he has been supplanted as that starting center guy in the pivot.
0: It's an interesting question. I think there are two options, right? You can either move him over to the guard position or you can talk to him about his options somewhere else. Okay. If you're going to make Nick Ford your starting center, then Orlando Omana is is automatically a casualty of that uh, decision. But I also think that that is the best decision for the group as a whole. The problem is is that Satawa Laumea played so well at the guard position that you really can't move him from right guard. He was already honorable mention for the All-Pac 12 team in his first freshman year playing. And in his progress was monstrous, both in the run game and in the past protection game. And his chemistry with Nick Ford was very strong as well. The other aspect of it is, do you move Orlando Amana to guard where he still is going to struggle with the same things that he's had issues with at center? Sure. But the good news is that he'll have two hands to do it with as opposed to just one.
1: Okay. So, yeah, you mentioned Laumea playing at right guard there. Who do you, in your opinion, who fills in it? Who's going to be the left guard next year? Is it going to be Braden Daniels? Who is going to be that left guard? It, the one
0: that really has has solidified their position, in my opinion, is Braden Daniels. Okay. And we saw him start out the season and, and look a little rough, and they tried to work Keaton Bills in there. Both of them struggle with the same basic principle in, in the pass rush game. Primarily, it, it's picking up the blitz and, and watching for the twists and communicating sure. up front. But I thought that Braden made more progress as the year went on, and, and we saw him replace Keaton Bills in the lineup against Colorado and the offense started to take off as well. It did coincide with an injury on the opposite side of the ball for Colorado's star line linebacker. Um, but I also just Braden is a worker. He is a grinder. He, he has a great mentality and he attacks things and this'll be his third year in the program. So he'll have that advantage. And we talked about it a little bit before the show, Keaton bills physically, I don't, I'm not going to say that he's overweight, but he's got to learn to move his feet. And he's got such massive legs yes, he that can kind of make that. It, it, it's such a easy thing to say. Like, oh, big legs, hard to move feet. Shock. How How can it be so simple, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. But you're right. I, but, the, okay, the one thing we need to – we'll talk about the tackles here in a minute. We'll, we'll touch on them, obviously. The one thing I want to talk in, on the interior of this offensive line, though, is when I watch Braden Daniels play – He looks like the prototypical guard to me, a guy who is just an absolute road grader in the run game, really washes guys down well in the run game, Uh, great blocking in tandem with a center or a tackle, but I, I am with you as well. The big thing is him learning to pick up in pass rush the twist of a defensive tackle coming off to a nose tackle, a late uh, charging linebacker and or safety coming in from the from the second level. Picking that up, I think, is just it's a matter of getting experience with it. And like you said, it's his third year going into the system here. He should be on, I think, a more even footing. And if you have Braden Daniels at left guard, you put Nick Ford at center, and then you put uh, Sato Olaumea at right guard, I think that is a good front Line unit for the interior of your offensive line. It is, and you have
0: some depth there as well. You know, Johnny Maya was a guy who competed for a starting spot early on in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have Bama Deli backing up there at the guard position. We've talked about Keaton Bills, so you have plenty of depth with your guards. And if somebody does experience an injury, and the, there's also the possibility of Orlando Omana returning, and and maybe. Maybe it clicks for him. Maybe in spring ball, he really reestablishes himself as the center. And then that allows you to move Nick Ford to another more natural position for him, which would be the left guard.
1: Yeah. So I think the good news is the interior of that offensive line for Utah looks very well established. There's plenty of depth there. Uh, Coming up here in just a minute, though, we will go out on the edges, the right and left tackle positions. I think they're critical uh, this fall for whoever is starting a quarterback. We saw that. Points during the 2020 season. We'll dig into that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, Brian, let's talk to our friends about betonline.ag. Uh, you and I have both used this service. Uh, it's, if, it's plain and simple. If you want to get into the sports betting game, do it with Bet Online.
0: We've talked about the referral bonus, right? Or excuse me, not referral bonus, but the sign up bonus. Yeah, yeah welcome, welcome bonus, a- where you get 50% for your first initial deposit. People are betting like crazy on the stock market, Jake. You know what's a lot more fun than that?
1: Betting sports. on sports. Yes, there you go. And by the way, the rules don't get changed on you if you piss somebody off in, in sports yeah. <laughs> Just saying. So, uh, so w- while you're at it, just go to betonline.ag. Sign up for that free account. The best part is you don't have to pay anything to sign up for the account. But when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get that fifty percent welcome bonus. So it's real simple to do the math. If you it. Deposit $10, bucks, you are going to have 15 bucks to bet with. 100 bucks, 150 bucks. The math is real simple. Give it a shot. We love this company. Bet online has been great to Brian and I. I encourage you guys to take advantage of their very uh, generous offer, that 50% welcome bonus. So once again, go to BetOnline.ag, sign up for that free account, use the promo code locked on, get that 50% welcome bonus, all courtesy of Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian, it is time to talk about offensive tackles for the University of Utah. We've just talked about the interior of Utah's offensive line, where it looks like they're pretty well established. Plenty of depth, some good front-line guys. Now, I think a lot of people are wondering, obviously, going into 2021— what are the tackle positions going to look like? Last year, you had Jaron Kump starting at right tackle, coming off of an LDS mission. Uh, I thought it looked really, really good uh, for being home for such a short time off of his mission. But I'm wondering. Okay, we'll start here. Does Jaron stay at right tackle in your posi- In your opinion, or where does he move this coming fall?
0: Well, if you listen to what Kyle Whittingham has to say, he runs his sprint drills and his conditioning with the running backs and the tight ends and the wide receivers. So maybe there's a bigger position change in line for Jaron next fall. Uh, but the, the honest answer to that is he, he is the future at the left tackle position. And I think the sooner that you can get him over there and get him developing, the better it is for him being that he is a return missionary and that he's got a, a little bit of a condensed timeline in terms of how long he can really spend at the university of Utah. If he wants to make it to the NFL um, and then the other part of it too, is that he really was the guy who emerged the most at tackle. I think Simi Muwala struggled there's no getting around it. And I expected a little bit more out of him. He is still learning how to use his body. And what I mean by that is that he's six, eight and long, and it's really, really hard to know how to use that when you've only been playing offensive line for two years. Sure. and So he's still learning how to bend when to bend, when to get into guys, and and to be honest with you, you know he didn't get helped a lot by his guards at times in the pass protection. Where last year, I think being next to Nick Ford helped him a lot because Nick talked to him during the games, could communicate to him, tell him what he needed to do, and so Simi had a better understanding of what his job was. But there were times that the guards did not, and and so I think a lot of times he got left out to dry. You know, on on hand passes where a a defensive end will crash to the inside and a defensive tackle or a linebacker will loop, loop around, he would try to make that hand or they would try to double team a guy and he would take the position and his guard would let him down. So I think he, and that's the other part of it too, is going from right to left. For some players, it's really easy. For me, it was really hard. I always liked being on the right side. When I was on the left, it felt a little bit more uncomfortable. I could run block better, but I was always goofy in my pass protection. And the number one rule for pass pro is never let anybody to the inside. Mm -hmm. Well, I would open up to the inside thinking I was on the right side. And so, (laughs) you know, maybe you just have to not be an idiot like me, but uh, I think a move to the right side could help him a lot. The other thing too, is that there's some young talent on this roster that may have uh, developed enough to where it could challenge either one of them. Uh, in Luke Felix Fualalo and Falcon Komotule.
1: So, okay, so I, w- I want to ask you about that because I played only at the high school level and I played on the interior of the offensive line, but I played for a guy who was a standout offensive tackle at BYU. You guys may know the name Eli Herring. Uh, Obviously, he turned down the the NFL as now a high school teacher and a coach here in the state of Utah. But he he actually I have talked strategy with him over the years, Brian, and he has mentioned the fact that there are just guys who are naturally inclined to play one position, one side of the offensive line or the other. It just it, it seems to work better for them. So is it is it simple for in your opinion to? switch both Kump and Mawala, put them at the opposite tackle spots and see how they do? Or do you think it'll truly be a competition? Yeah, where a Falcon, Kamatule, a Luke, Felix, Fualalo, they can come in and kick either one of those guys out of those spots?
0: I, I think you open up the competition in spring for sure. But I do believe that it, there are guys who are more comfortable on one side or the other. We see it in the NFL with Lane Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. He was projected to be a left tackle. Got up to the NFL playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, said, No, I want to stay at right. It's where I'm most comfortable. And he's the most dominant right tackle in the game. Yeah, he's the best. There's no doubt. Last year, Darren, uh well, I guess twenty nineteen. I
1: can do we count twenty twenty as a I, season? I don't know. The twenty twenty exhibition. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Fiasco
0: disaster. Sure, yes. Um, Darren Paulo in 2019 on the left-hand side, he's Mm left-handed. So it was much easier for him to adjust and play. That's part of why he was able to play the left tackle position, even though he's probably more of a guard type. His body body type, yeah. Yeah. So he has really big, long arms, but the rest of him is just tree trunk strong. And that's what Utah really likes in their offensive linemen. But – Maybe that's the difference in Luke Felix-Fuolalo and Falcon Kilmatule is there are those longer, leaner, more athletic tackles. They just haven't played a ton of football, especially at the offensive line position. I think Utah went all in on guys that they needed to develop. And in a fan's mind, development comes in instantly, right? <laughs> especially when you have a guy like Garrett Bowles who comes in from the Juco level. Sure. Albeit he was 24, 25 years old mm-hmm. when he was at Utah, played offensive line his entire life, blah, blah, blah. And you see him make that progress and become a first-round pick, and now he's the anchor for, for the Broncos. So the uh, assumption is that everybody can do that, right? But I think you saw at times Jaron Kump really struggle with the coming home from the mission thing. And I got a little metaphor for you. Okay. Have you ever had to start a new process at work?
1: Oh, Trust me, I have. We we actually did, just did this about six months ago at the station. We did, at. didn't yes. we? Yeah, <laughs> and and
0: it, it used to be so natural because we we've got these new boards. We I call it the Death Star. I don't know what you call it. That's a good that's a good terminology for it. Honestly, with all the lights it's got on it, lots of lights. Yep. But it, it used to be so natural that we could turn up and hit the buttons and everything like that. With the new board, it suddenly became this thought process right Mm -hmm. where you had to look down and think okay what do I have to hit next yep and that was Jaron Kump in his pass protection where he would get his hands on a guy and then have to think through what he was doing next you can't think when you're on the field and so that's a lot of times where I thought he struggled most was oh I gotta engage my feet oh I gotta re-engage my stagger oh i gotta sink my my butt you know yeah i gotta it, do
1: all these things it's a matter it, he was processing information a little slower than you would hope that he was but that's to be expected this is a young man who hadn't played at the collegiate level he, he was a standout at harriman high school great player like i i love jaron kump he is like the prototypical offensive tackle in my mind outside of the fact that maybe he's six five you'd probably want if you can get a guy who's six eight obviously you want just all the length you can get but he's got everything that you can see. And and I'm with you watching him play last year. It did seem like at times he was still processing information in the midst of a play. And you hope as he now has a full off season of working out, getting into shape, going in back and watching that film, working in spring ball, all the different machinations that go into this, that by the time he steps on the field this fall, it's just natural.
0: Yeah, and, and they'll also have more time together as a unit. Yeah. It, it was very difficult. And this is the part about COVID that seems to universally be affecting teams across the board. It it, it for like the Jazz, for example, yeah. they started off slow. And this mm-hmm. is a team that really depends on practice time and getting to know one another. Same with the University of Utah, right? That BYU, a very experienced group, oh, yeah. started off like a bang, mm-hmm. you know? And and they'd also had almost uninterrupted practice time throughout the summer and going into the fall season. One
1: of the few programs who
0: had that. And so I think you saw the results of that. And I think that the COVID restrictions or guidelines or whatever you want to call them, I think they really hurt this group because they weren't allowed to mesh and bond like they normally do but they are able to do that now because they played an entire season together.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the spring. I think it'll be a big one for all these guys at tackle. Uh, obviously you want to see Jaron Kump take the opportunity. What was that look for?
0: <laughs> a big one. No pun intended. Uh,
1: well done. I, I, I completely missed that myself. So well done on, on catching my, my punniness. I guess is what we'll say. But spring ball is going to be important. There's no doubt about it. We'll see if Jaron can make that jump and move over to left tackle. Can Simi Mawala, as you talk about kind of really come into his zone, figure things out. Can Falcon Kalmatule, can Felix, Luke Felix Fualalo, can they make the jump that you hope with their body types, both of them six foot seven, 310 pounds. They look every bit, the part of a standout tackle that you're just like, wow, if you can figure it out, you can be a star at this level. If you can figure it out. So Very, very interesting times ahead for the Utah offensive line, especially the tackle positions, but I'm with you, Brian. Across the board, having some extended time here where they actually can work together in spring ball with player-run practices this summer on into training camp can be very important for this entire unit. 100%,
0: Jake, and and I think it's... Without giving out guarantees, I think that spring ball will provide us with a lot of information about the development of this group going in, going into the future.
1: Sure. All right. Well, coming up next, we will run down everything you need to be aware of for the Utes this coming weekend, all the different athletic programs in action, a big showdown for men's basketball against the Colorado Buffaloes. We'll touch on all that here in just a moment. Brian, let's take a minute, though, and talk about you and I. I think, am I outside the box saying that this is you and I's favorite Snack. Speaking of built bar,
0: I, I don't think so at all. It, but I think what's really become a challenge for me is finding out how can I make this snack into a gourmet meal. What kind of ways can I can I maximize my snack time, my my snack performance, my snack rating? sure with uh with my built bar
1: yeah we love built bars 18 unique flavors the best part about all of them covered in 100 percent real chocolate they're soft and easy to chew and brian i say this all the time when i talk about them and i've talked to people off the podcast about them they legitimately taste like a candy bar they are absolutely delicious i love these protein bars yeah somebody
0: asked me if if i really liked them and i'm like of course, I do. Like this is not. It's really not hard to sell this one. Yeah. I, like, and and we love all of our sponsors, but Build Bar is one that I was eating way before we ever started a podcast together on sure. the Locked On Podcast Network, and it was one that I had found and discovered and, and really liked because it it has that chewy nougaty center. Mm-hmm. It does kind of give that feel of, of a candy bar, but it is satisfying and and loaded with all the good stuff so that you don't feel the guilt, but you feel the, the fullness,
1: yeah, the satisfaction—that's like, the biggest thing about it. So give them a shot. Go to builtbar.com right now. By the way, for those of you living here in the state of Utah, it's a Utah homegrown company, folks. You're supporting the local economy by supporting Built Bar. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On while you're there. Save yourself twenty percent on your next order. Brian and I absolutely one hundred percent endorse Built Bars. They are the best tasting protein bars out there. Give them a shot once again. Builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Save yourself twenty percent and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere all right brian as you round out the week and the podcast today on a friday let's start off and talk a little bit about the utah running utes they've got a big time game tomorrow it's a matinee game twelve thirty mountain time they're in boulder against the colorado buffaloes man i don't even know what to expect from larry Koviak's team at this point but it seems like to me this is going to be an uphill battle for the utes to go to boulder and win Colorado's
0: been at the top of the conference almost all year long. They're a very competitive squad. This is, I think, one of Tad Boyle's better complete, more sure. complete teams mm-hmm. since he's been at Colorado, and he's had some real stars there. Alec Burks, uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Derek White, too, I believe, right? Yeah,
1: you're right. Derek White, also another great Buffalo. There have been some there, there are some guys who were contributing at a high level in the NBA who have come through that program, there's no doubt. And
0: and so this is going to be a tough, tough game for for Utah to really try and get ahead and and, and continue sort of growing as a program. I just don't know that you can... You've had a whole week off, so, so you would expect
1: that they got some good practice time in, but I just don't know that they're there yet to really compete with Colorado. Yeah, so you can check that out. It'll be on the Pac-12 Networks once again at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Time. It was a game that was moved. It was supposed to be a night game that was moved to the afternoon. So it's a, it's a matinee. You can get it done and enjoy the rest of your Saturday, whatever else you got going on. Brian, there are plenty of other Utah teams in action this weekend. Run them down for our listeners where they can find the Utes in action.
0: It might be one of the busiest days in in Utah sports in a long, long time. There is a track and field invitational at Weber State all day. Men's tennis has a tournament against Idaho State starting at 1030 on Friday as well. The big news for me, obviously, outside of men's basketball, is the men's lacrosse team will take on Denver at Denver at 1 p.m. That game will be televised on the UtahUtes.com website. Sweet. In addition... Like I said, women's tennis will also be competing against Idaho State. Gymnastics will be competing Friday night against Washington, and then volleyball will play on Saturday with Cal. Okay, or so at Cal, I should say. So, so it's it's a wild, busy weekend.
1: Yeah. So by the way, the, the lacrosse team. The funny thing is, is there are very few teams west of the Rockies who play lacrosse. Utah's one of them. Denver's one of them. Air Force Academy's one of them. I think Are those the only three, honestly, at the D1 level, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, the correct. hope is that thing—say that one more time. Who else was it? Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Okay. That's it. Yeah, so it's cool to see them facing off against the Denver Pioneers. That should be fun. Lacrosse, if you guys have not watched this sport, whether you watched it, uh, in, there's box lacrosse, there's the different versions of it. Division One lacrosse is a lot of fun, and it'll be fun to see Utah finally opening up their season. I'll be watching that one for certain. Yeah, and they've got some great games on their schedule this year. You mentioned Denver, Air Force,
0: also Virginia and Syracuse. Those are two of the U.N.E. programs. Yep. Yeah, and so that'll be a great litmus test. I wouldn't expect a win at all from from the University of Utah in those affairs, but they can kind of tell where they're at as a program in those games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, enjoy the weekend. Watch a lot of Utah sports over the weekend. Of course, we'll be back on Monday recapping it all for you guys. We'll continue on to position review previews as we continue to look at the Utah football program it's been a fun week Uh, Brian uh, held the fort down for the last two days a big thank you to him for doing that but I enjoy talking with you Brian each and every day enjoy talking with our listeners and of course we'll be back on Monday with another full edition of Locked On Utes